So thank you for joining me today, Alicia. Um, I'm going to introduce you just a little bit. You're an actress and uh, yeah. you're, from, you're from Ireland and right now you're in Dublin and uh, we, could, we can see you or we could see you in, in several TV shows and films uh, like Interference, Blight and of course also Ripper uh, Street, which Correct. leads me to the first question. I think Ripper Street was one of your first, if not the first, um, screen you, you, we, that we could yes. see you on screen, right? So maybe Correct. you can tell us a bit about what shooting Ripper Street was like. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it, absolutely terrifying, only because I was so new to uh, that experience. Um, I had not finished college yet. I had never in my life been in front of a camera other than maybe some home videos with family. Um, I had been on stages countless times, more times than I could remember. So that was my style of performance. And I was very accustomed to the sort of ways that things are run with theatre and was studying it at the time in Bolali Theatre Training Company in Dublin. Um, I was in my third year when I was cast in this role. And the whole experience was very odd because I was kind of very proactive, I think, as, a, as an actor in college. So even before we finished, I was kind of already thinking, what am I going to do when college is finished? So I was already in the process of emailing many people, trying to get on casting lists, trying to let people know I exist. And here I come, you know, <laughs> eventually. Um, and uh, there was a fantastic casting agent. Her name is Louise Kiley. And uh, she is the, the leading, I would say, casting agent in Ireland. Um, she was very good in that she took my details that I sent her, you know, um, I had no obvious uh, proof of my acting ability because we didn't have videos or anything, but I did send her my experience and my, my photo and eventually she, she did contact me just asking for like a selfie video of me doing a Cockney accent from London. Um, which came very naturally to me because I have family from there. My mother is from London, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I would always go around the house, you know, trying to imitate <laughs> the accents and everything, probably driving my family spare. But look, luckily, it came to some kind of good use um, because, uh, you know, I was asked for a callback. It took, I think, five callbacks. Oh, OK. Five rounds of auditions for this, um, you know, and I think it was the second final one where the director was there as well. And I'm trying to change how I was doing things. And I think I had become so accustomed to... Um, being directed in college and doing so many different theatrical performances, which are changed and tweaked and molded so much that I really took direction very well in that instance. Um, and I think that was the main thing. Of course, type wise, I seem to fit the character mm -hmm. of charity. Uh, but in general, I think it was because I was able to do the polar opposite to what I started doing when the director came in and said, try this way, um, which is generally a thing that they go for in television and film, obviously, for to get things done very fast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up doing that. And I remember I was still doing the, the musical for uh, college uh, at the time. And I was so afraid that I would be told to leave because I got another thing, you know, because obviously in yeah. acting college, like you have to kind of stay with them. You can't be doing all these things otherwise but I think it was in everybody's interest that it was a BBC gig you know I mean sure, it's always yeah. good everybody can be happy from this because you know it's good that the college trained someone who would go to BBC and also um you know for myself uh to, to I'm training to do this thing so if the BBC asks you know you don't say no <laughs> no you don't right so, um 
Yeah, so I went straight into that. And uh, I remember being sort of just so excitable about the whole thing, but also very careful, you know, because you go you go in there and there's all these big actors and um, yeah. I'm just, not, I'm as a person, I'm not necessarily somebody who knows every actor and their business either. You know, acting for me is not necessarily about the the maybe historical elements, even though nowadays it's more interesting to me as a, as a, as an older adult. But um, what interested me was the feeling of doing this. Like you know, it's very much the experience of doing it and knowing that I'm that I'm sending a message from the writer to the audience the right way, the way that I feel is um, you know the ultimate respect to the writer, and this is how I would see it. So when I got there, you know, I knew nothing about the process. I, I you know, I was kind of in a trailer and. You know, I, I had a friend who was an extra. I was so happy that she was doing this show. And I said, come and, you know, come and sit in the trailer with me. She's like, I can't do that. I was like, why? You're my friend. She's like, no, because, you know, there are extras out there who are crazy. And <laughs> if they're in among the actors, you know, because I was, you know, my trailer was beside some of the other really um, prestigious actors within the show, you know. So obviously I can see why, but it, it, it felt a small bit isolated. I see, yeah. you know, course, yeah. um, because as well, my role was not a leading role and it wasn't a tiny role either. It was somewhere in between. And so I wasn't there for all these rehearsals where everybody gets to know each other. And, you know, it's predominantly um, a British cast as Ooh. well. So they know all the things that are happening in the UK and they have this conversation and I'm there like thinking, oh, my God, what do I say? <laughs> or, you know, just very anxious about the entire thing. Um, and I remember there was one moment where. Uh, I was queuing up to get my lunch you know you have an hour's lunch and of course there's the core sets and everything and you have to get them removed or loosened in order for your food to actually enter the body and go down um, rather than stay in the chest area which I don't know how on earth people did it um, but yeah there was this one occasion where I had um, I had gotten prepared for lunch and I went anyway and there was this big long line for lunch and I remember just very innocently standing at the back of the line, you know, <laughs> and this producer came over to me and she was just doing her job. You know, she was very firm, but brilliant at her job. And uh, she said, you can't stand at the back of the line. You have to go to the top of the line to get your food. And I was like, no, I can't skip <laughs> these people. That's so what do I say? Hi, um, I'm going to go ahead of you. And even though you're like here just as long as me, if not longer, because these people were, you know, they were extras and there was all sorts of people waiting in this line. Mm. Of course, I didn't differentiate them from myself at all because I, you know, I don't see it that way and I didn't see it that way. And right. I understood then that it was just for the, the aspect of moving things along and making sure they're working properly. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's one of the very interesting things that I, that I do pay attention to as I get older. You see actors who very much think they're being treated very kindly and they're getting all the VIP treatment, but in actual fact, they're you know, they need to be in good working condition. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. And of course, it's lovely, but, um, you know, that's why you're set apart a little bit. So I struggled with that because I felt very embarrassed and sort that. of e like people are going to think I'm very egotistical because I'm doing something that isn't fair, like to them if they're, you know, and they're watching me moving up to the front of the line. And so this kind of thing happened. Like I got along so well with the cast. I was, I was so in it when we were acting. Uh, you know, I really... Oh, I mean, the the hunger was satisfied in in the department of like just being given so much by these mm -hmm. actors. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. they just switch on 
um, and it's really amazing. And so I think Mayanna Bring in particular, it was incredible watching her because she was so quiet at times, you know, if she was saying something very sly or, you know, I'm going to mm. get you or, you know, but it's so soft and quiet that, and everybody around, nobody hears a thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's so intimate. And I think that's one of the things that really stood out to me was yeah. the transition from this big theatrical, like faces, voices, everything to bringing it right back to a really um, contained place. Yeah. And learning that the camera really does not like too much, unless we're talking about some kind of Jim Carrey content here, <laughs> which I welcome with open arms. He's my yeah. fave, yeah. <laughs> but it's a style, you know, oh, when it's theatrical. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed that process, but I think it definitely knocked me a small bit because afterwards I was still quite, oh my gosh, people in the industry are probably going to think I'm too shy or silly for being so nervous. And because the network here is so small, it's easy to get like that, to feel mm -hmm. like that, that you're the impression that you've made needs to be a certain thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think it was, it was the productions beyond that, that really helped me to relax a bit. I ended up doing a few low budget films, which where I saw the difference and the warmth and, you know, I, I got to a stage where I kind of associated bigger productions with like a fear quality, mm -hmm. you know? And then Vikings happened. And when I went on Vikings, I was much more in myself. And so all those things were just stupid then, you know, like, so it was just normal. I mean, I remember I made friends with some of the crew members and we were in the lunch line again. And I knew <laughs> and I went, I'm running up to the top. Stay here, suckers. Like, you know, we were just laughing about it because everybody knows we have to do it, like that we're not trying yeah. to be whatever. So, yeah, so that was my experience, I think, with Ripper Street. It was a very, very magical one it was a it was a scary one it was definitely something that made me realize that I also had to work on the confidence thing and you know because being around people is a massive yeah. um, element and you have to you have to be able to be comfortable and trusting with people very quickly um, which is something I do love I love the family vibe element of cast and crews oh, and yes. you know I mean it's really you can't compare it to anything else um, but yeah I think it was a big, it was a big learning curve. And then there was also that thing of, oh, I've done Ripper Street. I've done BBC. Oh, it's all uphill from here now. I'm going to get so many gigs. <laughs> but <laughs> then, yeah, you can still hit a wall. You can, there can still be months and months where, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting around and yeah. But I mean, it, it did and, and does go uphill for you, doesn't it? I mean, slowly but surely there's a curve. Yeah, there's a kind yeah. of a, like an even out than a rise and but you know I, I work in another area as well so and this is with a, a company for film as well so um I get the joy of still being creative in, in many elements and it keeps me burning you know um yeah. when I'm not acting so yeah yeah you already you already mentioned um, um Vikings and um yeah I, I had a look at in preparation I had a look at, at some of the other things you did I think you also shot shot something at was it Austria or Switzerland or anything like that? With the Austria, correct. Like Austria, Salzburg. Yeah. I, Salzburg yeah. I've been in, in Austria a couple of times, so I recognized the landscape and I thought, oh, interesting. What, what did you yes. do there? So yeah, maybe you can tell us just a bit about what you did since Ripper's. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, this particular um, short film that we did in Austria in Salzburg was to do with the, um, the referendum that we had here. Um, the right to have an abortion or not, um, which obviously we were very late to the game. I think coming to that 
um, aspect that we had to deal with as a nation, as a society. And um, we had our lovely director, uh, Lisa Marie Brockle. She was doing her master's, very, very good college. The name escapes me. It's, I know that it's in Salzburg and it's, uh, it's a great college where a lot of films um, make it to, you know, different places. The resources are very good and their script was fantastic. And um, I remember I'm gonna, Lisa. I'm going to look it up and write it down. <laughs> when, close to nothing at all. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, Lisa had spent some time living in I think Cork um, or Galway for, for a significant time and she experienced this whole time of Ireland fighting for you know these women's rights and everything else and to her it was I think quite a shock because obviously you know coming from somewhere where these things were already kind of in place um, it meant a lot to her and it resonated with her because she told us that her grandmother had been through an awful lot dealing with rights and things in her own life. Mm-hmm. And that spirit of strength passed down to Lisa, mm-hmm. definitely. And she wrote this with many things in mind that, that were beneficial. First of all, that it's dealing with an issue that absolutely had to be dealt with. Um, secondly, you know, it's something that would be very current for Ireland, which gives it a good run for film festivals, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a business front. Um, and then it also, it opens up a wonderful opportunity for, I think, people in, you know, Europe, in other parts of Europe and Ireland to, to come together as well. Like it, it felt very supportive in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was actually, the story was set following the referendum, following the yes vote um, to do with, a family that's still very religiously oppressed that catholicism thing where it's like oh you've you've got a boyfriend oh you you've gotten yourself pregnant so mm-hmm. you know you have to get married there's yeah. no other there's no and how that still is here how the remnants and the hauntings of these these doctrines are still relevant and happening in ireland mm-hmm. so she wanted to explore that like what happens when it all dies down you know, what happens when the children of the generation who don't agree with this learn this and learn how to break free of this pattern? How do they deal at home? Yeah. You know, um, so I played the lead in that who had actually um, experienced a sexual sexual assault, or sexual abuse by her own partner mm-hmm. um, who then, you know, she's pregnant and she's feeling absolutely just like the, her body's not hers anymore in so many ways. And then her family claiming her in the way of handing her over to this man as well. Um, And everything seems so perfect. And we watch in the film as the evening unravels and they're really psychotic and it gets more and more psychotic, the stuff they're coming out with, which would not have been psychotic 20 years ago. Yeah, right. Right? So the way that it's painted is so in contrast um, to society standards nowadays. And it's just incredible to see that study. Um, And... uh, you know, we had like tons of time to rehearse. So I remember we got like each scene, we had one day to do it. So we had like a rehearsal wow. period for several hours and then we would shoot. Wow. So we had a really significant time to sit down as a group and talk about our values and our beliefs and our, uh, I suppose, approaches to the characters and how we would act with one another. And that was the other thing is that Lisa somehow got together a cast that, I mean, myself, Bill, Andrea, Wolf, and um, Amy Joyce Hastings, all of us just got along. When I say get along, like, I mean, we had like these philosophical conversations. Mm -hmm. We had such joyous times together, very, very organic. Um, I think we were there for nearly two weeks. 
Um, but in the time there, there was just such a wonderful spirituality aspect to the whole thing. I think everybody involved was very open-minded and very accepting as people, yeah. uh, which was nice because you don't always get it with actors, you know, um, but maybe not with, to say with a topic like that, maybe there's some kind of, you know, there's, there's, you are on the, on a, on a certain, you know, people meet each other and would they have a same kind of, uh, of, Oh, yeah, we were totally like, this is meant to be, <laughs> you know, we were meant to come here because, right. you know, we weren't being we weren't being paid thousands and thousands for this. I mean, this was something that we mostly just loved the story, loved the relevance and thought, I'm going to Salzburg for free. <laughs> I mean, I yes, bring yeah, me there sure. <laughs> the cast and crew and let's let's enjoy ourselves and make some really great stories. So um, that was the main thing that stood out. And I think when you have a film like that, that script is that strong. Yeah you know um you feel very i don't know i think we all felt we had a sort of not a duty but like one that we wanted to take on with this mm -hmm. one you know yeah so yeah. So, yeah yeah i understand that what, what what was the title of the film so that i'm gonna can insert oh yeah so it's it's close to nothing at all okay so you can kind of make out the 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 general idea there connecting yeah. to the story yeah. um yeah so i've done that since and um you know, it was it was very nice to go and do kind of some stuff that was a little bit lower budget, a little bit more relaxed, kind of um, maybe a little bit less uh, formal, um, mm. you know. And uh, but then and I know that um, you were you were wanting to know about what happened since I think we I had done light. I had done right before um, Ripper Street. No, after Ripper Street. Sorry. Um, and then we had Vikings and then Oh Hen as well, which is actually out in film festivals at the moment, uh, yeah. a film, a Fastnet film festival currently. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that maybe? Yeah. Hen, Hen's an inter interesting one. Very interesting one. Hen is very much left up to the audience for many things. It's, it's, I would see it as very much a study as opposed to a stiff, uh, a stiff narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of explores a group of women who are all attending what looks to be a hen party. So it's it's a hen party with the bride there. And they don't really know each other, but they all have a connection through the bride. Um, and I suppose as the film unravels, you kind of see that something very dark has taken place here. Mm -hmm. um, that almost is not spoken about by the group. And my character would be the one that kind of starts noticing. It's almost as if you were in some kind of purgatory loop mm -hmm. where everyone's a little bit like um, unconscious to something bad that's happened, like they're not facing it or something. So yeah. they're stuck. But I feel like my character wakes up at some point and it sees that there's something really dark here and the others don't like it because they're, they, you know, I think it's kind of, it irks them. Mm. Um, but then you see that the bride is sort of slipping on one side and then still seeing that she's connected to my character and they were very close friends, um, you know, years before. So it's very much when you watch it, you could get a totally, you could get a much different idea to this because this is just me talking about even my own perspective that came when we were all discussing it as a group. So everybody had different ideas of it, but it's very much to do with the female study and kind of that violence in people when they're oppressed mm -hmm. where it can come out in places that that isn't maybe natural um and that expectation of society of childbirth of of marriage of you know kind of it's got a similar theme to actually you know close to nothing at all only mm -hmm. it is very um stylistic um a little bit abstract um but 
the character, I think the characters in it are so fascinating. Like the writing's gorgeous by um, Lauren Jones. Mm -hmm. um, her writing is just incredible. And you can tell that she really delved deep for it. Um, but I'd say the viewer would have to look at this one to really make what they what they wish to make out of it. It's it's one that I think everybody connects to in a different way. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's Hen for all of our that's Hen. audiences, Hen. all of our viewers, that's Hen. Yes. And where can we see you next? What uh, what are you currently working on? Maybe that's two different answers. Well, no, I can, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I have, I have two in the pipeline. Well, one is uh, shot and done. And mm -hmm. uh, that was a very exciting one that I, that I had the pleasure of being in Fort Aventura for eight weeks for, mm -hmm. um, and that's called Foundation. And that's going to be an Apple TV plus series. Okay. Starring Jared Harris mm -hmm. and um, Lee Pace. And it's all based on the books by Isaac Asimov from the 1950s. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's a big one. David Goyer um, is our guy for this. And obviously, having created so many other masterpieces before, uh, it's no wonder that this was the challenge that he was given. Uh, you know, and yeah, I think sure. I think mm -hmm. actually I, I, I'm not sure whether I think it's something that he obviously was fighting for from the start as well, you know, um, and then Apple obviously made it possible because they can make anything possible. Um, <laughs> so so I have the pleasure of playing Yate Fulham in this and uh, it's currently on IMDb. That's the only reason I know I can say it. <laughs> I can say <laughs> okay. it at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, it's expected to be out later this year. Uh, there was chatter about November online and things, but with regards to that i think we're all kind of bracing ourselves waiting to to see because yeah. uh, it, it had a big break you see it was shooting i think from the end of 2019 um throughout 2020 then the lockdown at the start then we were all really panicked because our um contracts mm. we weren't sure what was going to happen and um then lo and behold it all came back and i couldn't believe that it was like nearly two years on you know yeah um or, or a year and a half even it's just such a long time you know and then to be it doing is. it yeah so so that's the next one that's going to come out and uh, i i'm in four episodes as far as i know unless <laughs> you know there's a giant editing change which can uh, always happen probably not, probably not. um and uh, then i am going to be a part of a movie called uh, worlds apart and mm -hmm. this is going to be looking at the traveler community here in ireland mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, prejudice between groups and and towards different people and, and just exploring uh, acceptance as well. And um, I suppose, uh, you know, more more liberalism within ex acceptance as well in the country. Um, so, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's going to be directed by uh, Teresa Lavinia. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a Spanish lady who I know uh, for quite a quite a while. We did a. Um, a Meisner technique course together, um, repetition. And I met her there and we were very fond of each other from the beginning and we kept in touch, you know, and uh, so she's going to be doing this with an Irish actor called John Connors. He's going to be involved mm -hmm. in this one using uh, cardboard gangsters and um, love hate. Mm -hmm. so he's a great actor and he's a traveler for himself okay. from the traveling community. Yes. So he's made a great impact on the acting industry, uh, you know, advocating for traveler rights as well. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's going to take place. We don't know when, but we do know it's approved. So we are we are waiting for it, and I I'm sure a shout out would be great too because this one we're 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 really work. I mean, I know that Teresa is working very hard to gain everything we need for this. So great, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're looking forward forward to that. But so do yeah. you. Probably. Oh yes, <laughs> can't wait. So, uh, yeah, well, Alicia, you know that this is um, 
this is basically called London Beyond Time and Place. So I'm going to have yes. to ask you just a little bit. Uh, oh, yes. To London. So, of course, Ripper Street was set in Victorian London in, in Whitechapel just after the yes. Ripper murders. Was this, have you been, or have you been familiar with the history when you started shooting Ripper Street or was it probably? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did some research at the time. I know that we have, there's holes in the history of, of Jack the Ripper. We're not really sure if it's who they think it is. I think it's one of those Shakespeare situations where they're <laughs> trying to sort of um, pin a name on it. Mm. Um, but uh Yeah, I, I knew that he was a, a serial killer who would have targeted prostitutes, mm. um, but not only prostitutes. I believe there were there were others, and uh, it was around uh, 1888, I think it was nice, or yeah. so. And um, yeah, I read about it actually quite a while ago. I remember borrowing this book about serial killers, all these different profiles, and I remember reading his as well. But then I thought, thought to myself, my God, I need to put this book down. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is really fascinating, but I also feel like strange sitting here in my living room with, a, you know, at like 9 p.m. and there's nobody here. And, uh, um, I know what you so, mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very dark, you know, and I, I, t I tend to like, as I get older, I, I tend to have less and less time to get, get too into those things. I don't know what mm -hmm. it is. I, I appreciate a good horror movie, but Sometimes I just want to hear about the the, the happier stuff going oh, yes. on. So um, yeah, I don't I don't spend a ton of time, but I did a significant amount of research um, just about the story and how it surrounds that. And it's quite historically accurate, though it does take place when they think is beyond the murders. Right. Yeah. And then obviously we have the others surfacing, and then there's the question of is he back? Right. Or yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I loved how how they explored that in that show. Oh yes, they did. I, I really like, yeah, as what what you just said, uh, the the way they they created the atmosphere and this this whole uh, the the era and the area, both both of it. They there was they did a really good job in in doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I know yeah. exactly what you mean when he, I, I remember reading some kind of I don't know chronology of serial killers or anything like that, like and sitting there reading and then you think. It's dark. I'm alone in my room. Maybe I know, and it's really and you're trying to understand. You're like, how did they get like this? I do love those kind of yeah. thought processes. Like, I very much enjoyed shows like The Sinner. Yeah, stuff that stuff that's very heavy. That I feel like there's like a very small moment where I could stop watching and never look back, or I allow mm -hmm. myself to go a bit further, and then I'm hooked, and then I'm like desensitized to it, but I'm fascinated <laughs> at the same time. And uh, Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I do think that it was a very smart thing to use that historical element. And also, I mean, they, they focused on obviously Jack the Ripper, but uh, wasn't it the um, the like the Chinatown stuff as well? And right. they, mm -hmm. they dealt with all these different historical right. elements in London and weaved them into the story, which I thought I thought was, was very, very intelligent, like a history yeah. lesson. It's it's really it was fantastic. I was very disappointed when I heard it didn't it didn't continue in the end. Yeah, you know, me too. But, well, I, but I, mean, I, I thought it was I mean, the, the ending was somehow appropriate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Definitely. thank you very much, Alicia. I think we could talk on for hours, but uh, that would. I think so too. I had a great time. I, I yeah, <laughs> really you. appreciate uh, you having me here today. Yeah, um, thank you for thanks a million. Me. Uh, and um, maybe we can continue that soon yes and, and oh yes sure well now i've made a connection i might have to call on you for something who knows yeah sure <laughs> I'd love to. If, you, if there's any opportunity uh of course yeah thank you very much it would be nice okay thank you very much for having me philip